0: It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Network. We are live on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Kaku launch for the sports hit list by the fans and for the fans. Thank you for tuning in and joining us this wonderful afternoon on October 14th, 2020. I am dating this because I have been trying to get these two gentlemen on a live for how long now? And I was finally able to do it. I feel some sense of accomplishment in life knowing that I was able to get Greg Polius and Paula Keese. And for those who don't know, these guys have been going back and forth. Uh, I don't know for how long in the group, whether we're talking about, uh, baseballs. Whether we're talking about NBA ratings, whether we're talking about Tim Tebow, uh, Kawhi Leonard, there's a lot to discuss here. We have some time to discuss it, so thank you, gentlemen, for both joining me. Um, and all bets are off. I, and people, are, people are telling me, Carl, are you sure you're able to moderate this? I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm up for the task. I've been doing this for a while and, and trying to handle um, YouTube. And will, all bets are off, and we'll be fine. But first, I want to touch upon uh, recently between paul and greg and myself we were talking about nba ratings and why the nba ratings have been down um and there's this notion out there that it's because of the black lives matter protest um and what's fair is fair adam silver has even come out to say that moving forward he may not lean towards having more black lives matter uh i guess things on the court and how the players went about it being in the bubble i've analyzed the stats i did my vlog on it i'm not gonna spend too much time um talking about it again for those who made it didn't see my video you can go to the facebook Page. You can go to the Facebook group and see my video about uh, NBA ratings, but I wanted to, I know Paul felt a certain way about it. I know Greg felt a certain way about it. So that's the first topic we're going to te- get into today is about NBA ratings and why they're down. Paul, I'm going to give you the floor first. What are your thoughts here? Um, I know, I know where you stand, but tell the people.
1: First of all, Carl, thank you for putting me on the show and um, I appreciate you giving me the platform and the opportunity to speak. Um, always a blessing to be on the show. That's number one. Um, let's get to to the the ratings. I I saw your video, Carl. It was, you were you were spot on. I thought everything you brought to the table when you were bringing in your facts were accurate. I'm not going to to deny that, but it's hard to quantify everything. Um, everything you said and said that this specifically are the reasons why and this is how you know this is the reasons why the ratings were down by this much Um, at the end of the day we got to go back and let's look at history if we look at 2016 the NFL ratings where that was the last time the NFL ratings went down by this much and what was significant back then was the Colin Kaepernick um, kneeling Um, and how it was handled. And you had a lot of fans were polled and a lot of fans on television saying, I'm not gonna support the NFL as long as they have this Colin Kaepernick kneeling um, uh, during the anthem. And we saw during the bubble that you had players kneel. Uh, You saw players like Jonathan Isaac refuse to kneel, Myers Leonard, which was their right. Um, But at the end of the day, I think a lot of the fans who are majority white, majority um, upper middle class and conservative, do not want to see that and do not agree with the the way that the the um, the athletes are using the platform so a lot of a lot of people in my opinion just decided to watch something else uh, is that the only factor? Absolutely not. I do believe that the pandemic had a, a huge impact on, on other sports, people realizing that there are more to life than sports and that you know people are streaming, people are watching Netflix, people are doing other things, people are working, people may not have the money to watch it. The start times were bad. You know They had games starting at 1 p.m., games starting at 3.30 p.m., 4 o'clock when people were working. Uh, there were so many reasons and factors that Combined into why the ratings were down, but I think it's it's kind of it will be foolish if we if we ignore that uh, you know a lot of people were turned off by the way people handled the the athletes handled the protest and the walk the walking off during um game five of Milwaukee and Orlando after the the Blake shooting. So I mean, all of those factors come into into play, and it's hard to say which one is more important. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that my reasoning is more important than, than the reasons you brought. But I think for, in my opinion, I think it's uh, it's uh, played a big factor.
0: Greg, what are your thoughts here? And I know you've had some experience working with, with media and and ratings and systems. Do you agree with what Paul just had to say?
2: Well, first we have to acknowledge the fact that he walked back his initial stance. Um, so we definitely have to acknowledge that. <laughs> okay, because we he, was, he was not this uh, nuanced in his his approach, firstly. And also, Paul, Paul, how can you say you agree to all of Carl's facts and numbers that he gave you and then immediately follow that up by saying you don't think it's quantifiable? That doesn't make sense.
1: Quantifiable in the sense of um, it's hard to
2: pick numbers.
1: Like, say, um, a, a million fans didn't watch because of this. A million fans didn't watch because of that reason. That's what I mean by quantifiable.
2: Okay, so thank you for that but that still doesn't eliminate. And first of all, the NBA has been the most outspoken league when it comes to social justice since forever, right? Since we've started, this has become since Trayvon Martin. 2014, yeah. And the fans that stopped watching then didn't start watching again because, um, you know, they felt they don't want to see that in sports. There's a whole section of fans, right? They don't want to see Social issues in sports. That's fine. That's their prerogative. I'm not knocking them for that. But to say that thousands of fans and hundreds of thousands of fans are not watching solely because of this does not begin to tell the entire story, especially when you look at how the ratings are actually done. You know, um, in 2010, there were 105 million households with TVs that were cable based. Now, in, 2000, in 2019 there were 82.9 million. So everything is on a steady decline because cable is not as needed as it used to be. And in factor in everything you said with the game times and all of that going up against the NFL, nobody wins when they do that. On, and on top of that, going up against, people may not like baseball, but the ba- baseball playoffs sell in regions. And then we have to look at the matchup in the finals. If it was Lakers, um, the Lakers Clippers would have did big, bigger numbers than Lakers Heat in the finals. And the Lakers Clippers in the conference finals. So you have the Heat are more of a regional team. They don't have a you know uh, face on a Wheaties box superstar. So the casual fan isn't gonna tune into that. So Paul, can you agree? Uh, tell, Paul, tell brother, Marcus, in my opinion, tell Marcus Wait. My Sippy Cup is fire. <laughs> so, so Paul, do you agree here?
0: Is is it agreed to a disagree here with, with, with this debate? Because again, Paul strictly said he he agrees with the stance of that it's not every single factor. But can we come to an agreement that um, you know there were mitigating factors, not just the Black Lives Matter that caused the ratings to
1: to pull? Oh yeah, de- definitely. And and I I think what Greg brought up about the um the amount of TVs, uh, I think you brought that up in your video too. That's definitely a a factor. Uh, you, when you have twenty three million less televisions of course ratings are going to go down across the board so uh, yeah i i agree with that i agree with that but it's it's hard like i said it's hard to quantify saying that a million people stop watching because of this it's hard it, it's so many factors played into why everything across the board is down
2: you know so, so if that just, but but, it, but you can then flip that and say people are going to watch because of the protest and more people are going to watch then no, it de-
1: it depends. It depends. Like a majority of the country is white, uh, we are a growing minority, are really? because yeah, view... I would say about fifty five percent of the country is white. So they make up majority of the people who go to the games, who purchase the the merchandise, you know, who, who buy the concessions, and who watch the television. So I, when I when I say a majority of this, I mean. Majority of the conservative white fan base, because those are the majority, the people who watch the NFL games, the majority conservative and their majority white. So even though we are a growing minority, we, are, we do not make up as much as the white population who watch sports.
2: That's fine. But you also have to differentiate the fan bases. The conservative white people that watch football are not necessarily the same exact conservatives that watch basketball. Yeah, There's a difference in, in social standings and, and social ideologies the people who watch these sports, if we want to get in really get into the, you know, the schematics of this. Yeah. And then, okay. Go ahead, um, but cable numbers have been going down for almost 10 years, you know, from the introduction of streaming services. And now, I mean, yeah, the cable networks have found a way to um kind of find a way to to view these get these ratings, but it's still not going to be like same day of. So case in point, do you do you ever see when you're watching an NBA game, right? You'll see back-to-back ads of the same commercial, right?
1: Yeah, the Clay Thompson commercial all the time.
2: Okay. Do you know what an ADU is? No, I do not. The audience deficiency unit. When I was in media buying and we would buy cable networks, if they didn't deliver their deal, make their deal 100% They then had to give us free commercial airloads for our product, whatever, um, you know, uh, supply we had to make up for that delivery. And you see that way more often now because you have networks that aren't delivering on a deal because people aren't watching cable as much. And, you know, there was several networks, including, you know, when it came to live sports, we were getting additional ADUs in live programming because they couldn't deliver. So to say that, and this is before Trayvon Martin, before, you know, Black Lives Matter, this is even came around. So to say that this has such an impact on it isn't exactly factual when you don't have the numbers in front of you or that you're not privy
0: to. So guys, let me ask this question. Let me shift the conversation. When I say juice baseballs, what comes to mind? Um because <laughs> I know Juice Baseball was a big uh, controversy among you two and how you both felt passionate and I know how Paul took on it and, and, and Paul's saying he's taking the word of an actual play who plays in MLB about it and Greg completely disagreed and you guys went on a complete thread so full of here's, comments here's, about Juice Baseball Paul, Paul, Paul is smirking Paul why are you smirking man come on how, how do you feel about Juice Baseball
2: I got to give the people what they want they want to hear you guys talk about this here's the thing that annoyed me with, with Paul's take because he used First use Justin Verlander who is a known complainer since he was in college at Old Dominion, right? When things don't go his way. And you, immediately you said it had nothing to do with launch angles, blah, 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 all that. And launch angles came about in 2015. That is factually incorrect, okay? And then I walked it back a little. I said, you know what? It may not be like all launch angle. Juice baseballs may play a role, but to discredit launch angles, you can't do. And To further prove my point, when I was working at a baseball academy up in Manhattan with John Rodriguez, who was a 2006 World Series outfielder for the St. Louis Cardinals, we were working together. 09, you know, 2010, somewhere around there. He was teaching launch angle. So and these were two little kids. So that tells me that in the minor leagues at that time, launch angle was already being practiced. There's a reason that it's so prevalent in the game today because it didn't come about in 2015. It came about before that, working through the ranks of minor league baseball. And it, it, and J.D. Davis is a perfect example. J.D. Davis of the Mets had a level swing. All of a sudden, he dipped a couple degrees and his home run total increased. You know, And you couple that with the change of the balls and you get more home run numbers. And not only that, you have to look at the approach of hitters. The approach of hitters is not Wade Boggs or Tony Gwynn anymore. It's Aaron Judge. It's Luke Voigt. It's I'm going to hit 250. I'm going to hit 50 bombs and you're going to pay me because hitting 330 with 20 home runs doesn't get me paid like it, like hitting 250 with 50 bombs.
0: So, Paul, what do you think of that? Because I know you completely disagree. Did Greg make some sense to you now or you still disagree?
1: I've, I've always thought that launch angles, like I said, there's always factors into something. There's never one full reason why something goes up or down. But the launch angle was such a minor. And the reason I say minor is because we saw what happened with with um, minor league baseball last year, home runs went up 33%. Because Major League Baseball started using their balls in the minor leagues. You had you had players like Rene Rivera hit twenty five home runs in the minors, um, and I looked up all the stadiums, all of the um, the distance between uh, you know home plate and center field, right field, left field, to try to understand how home runs can be hit at such a extreme high pace. And it couldn't be it couldn't be launch angles. I, I checked out home runs in the minor leagues in 2018 compared to 2019. And although yes, people are swinging at a, a much higher launch angle, but it, it doesn't account for a 33 percent increase in home runs. Wrong and for what? for me for me why why I extremely disagreed with it was because we saw what happened when Major League Baseball started making the baseballs. They wanted they they when you have your own company making the product. That the players are using, there's a bias to it. So now they're gonna, oh, we're gonna investigate why our own baseballs are leading to an increase in home runs. There's a there was a Greg, are you gonna let him finish? (laughs) There was a complete bias by Major League Baseball and and when people were complaining about the home runs, you know. So I I don't agree with Greg with the with the impact that launched. I don't think it had that much of an impact minor. If I ranked it from a scale of one to 10, I would say a two. I would think that Major League Baseballs making their own balls had more of an impact on on home runs than than launch angles. Like, and I I com- completely agree with Justin Verlander because if you look at the home runs that he's allowing, and you look at the home runs, people are swinging at balls at their shoes and hitting 360 foot jacks. First of all,
2: 360 That's, feet is not that far. That's number one. Where number nobody's four.
1: Vlad, the, nobody's Vlad Guerrero anymore. 360 oh, this, this, is nobody
2: flat. You you saw a... a did major you see league the Manny player, Machado home run? A major league player can swing with one hand and miss the sweet spot and hit a ball 350 feet with ease. 360 that, wasn't a, that
1: wasn't a home run. That wasn't a so, home. Did you see the Manny Machado um home I'm run not, against? Hold
2: on, I want to go back to something you said before we get to Manny. Okay. You said you examined all the stadiums and their dimensions. What you what you failed to realize is how stadiums play. Minor league stadiums by nature the balls fly out of there more. That's why in the PSL in Arizona, you know, or or the Fall League, there's way more home runs there than during the season. You know, minor league stadiums play differently. Just like if I'm playing in Roberto Clemente in the Bronx and I hit a ball in the air, the air is dense, it may not go. But then I go to Long Island, I play in Eisenhower and I hit that same type of ball, it may go out because the stadium plays differently. You're not accounting for that. And to say say that it doesn't, It doesn't play. It's like a two on your scale. If that was the case, Major League Baseball then wouldn't have a launch angle tracker on every home run. If it didn't play, if that wasn't the case, you wouldn't see a push by Major League Baseball to get, you know, this launch angle phenomenon visible to fans. Because I'll tell you what, in 2010, when I was coaching in the academy, nobody knew what launch angle was. If I'm talking to a casual fan, they're like launch angle. What is that? You know, and then when you explain to them, and not only that, launch angle is, is very specific in how you approach a baseball, because not everybody can do it. You, there's a certain way you have to swing the bat to, in order to get that perfect 29 to 32 degrees angle to get that ball up and create backspin, carry, and drive. Um, Paul, I have people in the group, they want to know where.
0: what did I do to Paul? <laughs> because they want aggressive Paul here. <laughs> that's what the people are asking for in the th- in the comments. I'm just reading the comments. Aggressive Paul? So no, no. That's, that's, no. that's what I'm, they want. They
1: want aggressive Paul. That's what the people want to say. No, no. See this, this, is, this is calm Paul. Paul took his meds today. Cleo, Cleo <laughs> took his meds today. You know what I'm saying? The the you know the doctor told Cleo to calm down. You know what I'm saying?
2: You <laughs> Can I ask you, why do you think or why do you even do it why do you call yourself or, or name yourself after a known convicted fraud like how all, does that work for you
1: how does that work for you first of all greg uh greg i'm an entertainer number 1 okay <laughs> I, i'm here to entertain the people you understand what i'm saying so we see we cannot talk about the you know you're talking about the 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 few
2: with your We talking
1: about the past. Talk about Cleo being convicted. You know what I'm saying? The Cleo that was making predictions that was on point. You talking about what happened afterwards? That's 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 what you know. Besides the point. I'm an entertainer first. I'm here to entertain the people, make people laugh, and, and understand that you know what I'm saying. I get lucky with these picks. Don't don't get it wrong. I, okay, I get-
0: okay. So so you know what? Here's another topic that we guys went back and forth about is Kawhi Leonard, and you kept ducking me on it, and you basically tried to change the narrative. It's oh, you, and you know I had to say that because what you did was you tried to change the narrative back to my team. I wasn't talking about my team. We were talking about how you sit here and you glorify Kawhi Leonard. He gave up a three-one lead, and Kevin Durant did the exact same thing. And you sit here and you you bash Kawhi, you bash hey, Kevin look Durant. At the camera, yeah, right. He <laughs> does no because he knows it's true. He sits there. I don't know if it's for entertainment or not. You sit there and you bash Kevin Durant. You say Kevin Durant does did this. He's a fraud. But then and he gave up a three-one lead. He choked. But Kawhi did the same exact thing four years later and you have nothing to say about it. And you're just like brushing it under the rug. Kawhi what do you have to say well was
2: non-existent. Kawhi became Casper in the fourth quarter. Kawhi looked like George Paul. Right. And according to
0: you, he was supposed to make it to the, he, you said they were going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Did you not?
1: I had them losing to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. They
0: couldn't even make it to that fall. What do you have to
1: say for yourself? Come on, Miss Cleo. You predict the future. First, 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 of all, first of all, let me just say this about quiet leonard. All right. The fourth quarter against uh the fourth quarter versus Denver in the series, he was off. To, I'm not gonna deny that. Um, I give credit to Jeremy Grant, I give credit to the Denver defense. A lot of times we don't give credit to the defense for the way they play quiet. I thought that Jeremy Grant and the Denver Nuggets played amazing defense on quiet, forced the ball out of his hands and forced him into bad shots. With that being said, I thought he played great enough in game five to end the series. Unfortunately, on the defensive end, the Clippers did not play as a unit. Game six, the same thing. I thought Paul George and and Kawhi Leonard played above average, not LeBron-esque, but like good enough to win the series. But again, their defense failed them in the fourth quarter.
2: Um, Oh, they stink.
1: Game
0: seven, I can't even explain that both okay so let me even explain right so then so let me say this so now will you double down on your criticism of kevin durant because i can't compare you know the thing kevin durant choked games five
1: and six and game seven he played okay he played decent but he wasn't as aggressive but he he choked in the conference finals to to lose a a chance to make it to the finals and possibly beat because i thought okc was the best team out of the four remaining in 2016 and then he jumped to Golden State. So Kawhi Leonard lost to the Nuggets, but he's staying with the um lost to the yeah, lost to the Nuggets, but he's staying with the Clippers. He's not jumping shit. You understand don't what I'm saying? Don't
2: do that. Don't yeah, do it's that. the same no, thing.
1: No, that's no, part, no, of no, no. part of the criticism. I don't Why?
0: Why? So means, so, so, but, but let no. me ask this. So if that's part of the criticism, then that means you criticize LeBron for jumping ship to Miami. No, isn't
3: he didn't that join not...
0: Boston though?
2: He he, he left. But yeah, he, he joined seeing? two of the
0: All-Stars.
1: He joined Wait, wait. Two other he took two other all stars, and then he went to. Are you comparing? Are you comparing Kevin Durant losing to the Warriors and then joining the Warriors to LeBron James losing to Boston and? I've said it. Listen, listen, listen. I've said this too many
0: times. Listen, I've said this too many times. It's the same thing. The goal is to do what. To win championships, Kevin Durant went to Golden State to win championships. LeBron James joined up with two other All Stars to win championships. I've said this countless times. It's
2: it's not often that me and Carl are on the same side, so you know you got to be on the wrong side of something. Wait, let (laughs) me ask you a question. This is terrible. Let me ask you a question. Was it
4: fair
1: for Kevin Durant to place blame on everybody for his failures in 2016, as we've seen the last three years? When they keep asking him about 2016, he blamed everybody else but himself. And you saw consistently, we brought up the stats, Kevin Durant's shooting numbers in the 2016 playoffs, and compared to his teammates, when he blamed his teammates, when he said that, oh, well, we couldn't shoot threes, everyone else couldn't shoot threes, it was me. He basically did a Kyrie, which is why I think they're perfect for one another.
2: Why is it that, that when we always want to talk about how Kawhi failed this year, you want to talk about everything else?
1: But we acknowledge that quite fair. No, listen, you listen. Didn't. No, no, we did No, no. I just said that he
2: absolutely stunk up the joining in Game Seven. But what you didn't do is call him out for the fact that they were up three-one. This is the same guy that convinced Paul George to go to LA with him. <laughs> I'm LA's stepchild. Okay, you didn't talk about any of that. You just wanted to just gloss over it real smooth like that, when he needs all the smoke. You and other people were talking about if he wins uh, another ring and a finals MVP, he's one of the GOATs and one of the greats. Where is that energy right now? You quiet, Paul. I knew – see, see. Cleo took the man, So Cleo,
1: gonna be I knew that he wasn't going to win this year. So, I, you know what I'm saying? I, I basically did a, a Paul George after game seven. Man, you know what I'm so saying? Cool. I wasn't expecting championship. <laughs> I wasn't expecting championship. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't
2: expecting this. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I we need knew to it was to a work in progress. So Here's another,
0: you, you, you know what? Here's another debate. Did, did you guys debate something about the Titans? You guys can refresh my No, mind. it
2: wasn't Titans. It was the Jaguars. It's it the Jaguars.
0: Yes, right. That was another wrong. debate that you guys had, right? So, so we have to address all the things that you guys have had issues with throughout the hit list and the Jaguars. Uh, Greg,
2: elaborate on that one. So I said in 2017, the Jaguars had an elite defense, right? And they got smoked in the playoffs. They were a young team. It didn't surprise me that they got smoked. But Paul was saying because of the backup quarterbacks and all the things they played, they weren't elite. And my thing was, you can only play who's in front of you. Just like the New England Patriots last year were an elite defense, even though they didn't go up against everybody's throwing the quarterback. They played the Jets twice a year, every year. That's a handicap match. You know, so you can't say, oh, well, they only played this and they they did great, but they're not elite. So just to give you a a, a real quick, in 2017, the Jaguars defense, total yards allowed second, yards per play first, Um, total uh, TD, total turnovers created second, first downs allowed first, passing yards allowed first, passing TDs allowed fourth, picks second. Rushing uh, first downs against first sacks, second, like they're literally one and two in every category that matters on defense. And he's trying to sit here and tell me they're not elite. And then he went on to say, Oh, well, in 2018, they weren't elite. See, they suck like they were the same team. It's just a bad argument all around. Typical Miss Cleo BS, Miss Cleo. I let
3: mean, me, you want let to me, be a fraud? Let
0: me first address what really happened. Uh, it was the
1: AFC championship game, they did not get smoked. They blew a 10-point lead against Tom Brady and the Patriots. And Greg was on saying that it was Blake Bortles' fault. But I said that that defense wasn't elite in the first place for for them to even. And they blew a 10-point lead. How could you blame Blake Bortles? And then I brought up Blake Bortles' fourth quarter numbers. And I brought up what the Jaguars' defense did. Then I had to analyze what happened. Why is it that the Jaguars put up these numbers on defense? They played majority of, first of all, Andrew Luck, and Deshaun Watson did not play in that division. They had the second easiest schedule in the NFL. They played the most backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, they played what Blake, uh, Blake Gabbert, um, Tom Savage, T.J. Yates, uh, Mariota twice, the, the Jacoby Brissett twice. Not only that, they played seven teams that were in the bottom ten in offensive line um rate rate ra- ranking. I, I believe so. They led the league in sacks because of it. So when they played elite quarterbacks like Big Ben and Tom Brady the you last two weeks Walmart of the 2017 season, they gave up about 70 points. They gave up about 70 points. And the next year, they had the same team. Jalen Ramsey Ooh. was on that team. They had the same team, and they had a, a more difficult se- schedule. And Deshaun Watson came back, and Andrew Luck came back, and they struggled. They were 5-11. So I mean, the the whole point of this was that, okay. Let me give it. Let me let me give a perfect example. How do you think the Jets did last year? The Jets, Jets went seven and nine. How do you think the Jets d- did last year? Honestly, in Jets your Jets opinion, the Jets were trash. The Jets were trash, but they had one of the easiest schedules in the league, and they had more wins last year than they did the last two years. But, they haven't won seven games since the two thousand and fifteen season. But the Jets were trash. They were thirty second in 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 yards and 30-second in
2: passing yards. Their offense was trash. They won seven games, though. The offense was trash, but the defense was top four in stopping the run. So you do that, you can win games. And they also had an easy schedule. Nothing on the Jets was elite, though. I gave you numbers where they were ranked first. Again, you can't control who you play. You play who's in front of you. And while playing who's in front of them, that defense put up elite numbers. So to say they're not elite, is factually incorrect. I never said they were a a Super Bowl team. And I blame Blake Bortles, not for the game, but for particular drives in the second half where he didn't move the ball. And if you watch football, I don't know if you still do or not, um, but you can, regardless of what the final score is, there are moments in a game where a court, case in point, you know, when the Vikings lost to uh, beat the Saints in Dome, and you were one of the guys who said the Drew Brees didn't have a terrible game, but you called him overrated because why? Because in a one drive in overtime, he didn't get it done when he had to get it done.
1: I called him overrated since. You know, I have to use my Cleo sense. When he was putting up numbers in November, he had 18 touchdowns, one pick. I was the only one that called him overrated. And then three months later in the playoffs, he was the third best quarterback on the field. You know what I'm saying? I had to use my Clio sense back then. You know what I'm saying? So, no, but, but but here's the difference. Greg, I understand what you're saying, right? You play who's in front of you. But I think a lot of times we forget that there's a difference between me dropping 50 against 10-year-olds and you dropping 50 against people your own age.
2: Bro, they're all you're professional saying. athletes. They're all you're in right. the Right,
1: you're, you're right. But I cannot compare TJ Yates and Deshaun Watson. I can't compare no, you Jacoby can't.
2: Brissett and Andrew Luck. You
1: understand what I'm saying? But
2: you can't then say... Well, oh, they're not elite because because again, they still had to do this against offensive line play. They still had, even and even when they did play against good offensive line, they still put up. You don't get like like Garrison said in the comments. You don't get a name like Saxonville because they're not elite.
1: They had ten sacks against that that Indiana defense the first game of the season, and that was ranked bottom five in the league. Like, and they played Indiana twice. If you look at the teams they played. Greg, we did the research. Look at the teams they played. They ranked bottom ten in offensive line. You talking about the
2: Indiana line with Quinton Nelson? That's the same line. No, the one in
1: twenty seventeen with um when Jacoby Brissett was quarterback. Their first game, they gave up ten sacks. That was not an elite offensive line. So they played teams like that with backup quarterbacks, and then when they did play elite quarterbacks, uh, I believe they played. They beat Russell Wilson. I'm gonna give them credit. They beat Russell Wilson. (laughs) They beat Big Ben. You understand? Wait, wait, wait! Stop right
2: there. You just killed your whole argument.
1: No, I did not. <laughs> I, I'm giving them credit well for the beating. I'm giving them credit for beating good quarterbacks as well. They Thank beat Russell Wilson. They beat Big Ben. But then they still played majority backup quarterbacks more than anyone in the league. They still had the second easiest schedule. Split seven teams, bottom ten in in offensive lane ranking, and then in the playoffs. They beat they beat the Bills ten to three. Then when they played the Pittsburgh Steelers, they gave up forty two points. Then they played the the New England Patriots with a chance to go make it to the Super Bowl, up by ten points against a quarterback who I felt was overrated, and he dominated them like, in the.
2: Fourth are you quarter. talking about Tom Brady in the playoffs being overrated? You didn't just go. There, no, no, right? no. I said I I feel
1: Tom Brady, who I so feel you right just now is that. overrated. You just said that who I feel right okay, now is guys,
0: overrated. We're running up short on time, but let me touch upon something real quick. I know, did you guys debate uh, the Astros cheating? Did we uh, yes, to yes, yes. Yes,
2: we did. did. You did. Yes, you we did.
0: You did. And I know how Greg feels about that. And, and Paul, uh, what are your thoughts here? First of all, uh,
1: the video of you wearing that, uh, what color shirt was that? That was amazing. All right. <laughs> when you were yelling at Greg like that, like like this, that's like meme worthy.
0: Um, uh, I think Ray Jarvis does, does a great job of making that a uh, meme in the group, by the yes, way. Yes, yes.
1: Right. Um, for for me, it was the batting averages. And um Greg brought up uh, they had a better record on the road than at home, I believe. But for me, it was the batting averages in the playoffs, uh 2018-2019 season. You saw their six best players, uh, Guriel. Uh, Correa Springer Altuve and uh, Bregman the batting averages at home in the playoffs those two years were significantly higher than on the road Um, I thought that it was it was a bit fishy I I do believe in home cooking but that was too that was too odd for me that was you know too much of a coincidence that all all six he, players' he, batting average were at least 50 points higher. I'm sorry, I'm mistaken. Guerillo had a higher average on the road than on at home. Um, but for me it was it was odd. And then if you look at this season, now that the the scope is on them, their batting averages were absolutely terrible. And I cannot say that, oh, well, look, they're still in the AFC, they're still in the championship game because look, but who did they beat? They beat the twins who've lost 18 games in a row in the playoffs, and the Oakland A's, who I love Bob Melvin, but are not a playoff team. They're they're just pretenders every time they make it to the playoffs. So now that they're playing a real team with real pitching like they did last year, you know, they're getting they're getting handled. So for me, I, I thought they cheated and I thought it helped them um, especially against the Yankees. Uh, although the Yankees offense failed them the last two games. I thought that, you know, they at home the Astros were just superior. Too, too superior for me.
2: All right. First of all, um,
0: Greg, Paul, Greg, yeah. r- real quick because we got hockey on deck. So yeah, yeah, real quick. yeah. Who?
2: We need a GoFundMe. For- we got hockey. On deck. That's over. We need A GoFundMe for Paul's Wi-Fi next time he's on. <laughs> um, because
1: I'm on two G, Greg. <laughs> I had to pay my tailor to make my Clio outfit, so you know I got I downgraded
2: to two G. <laughs> so you you just went on about so Greg real how, quick go ahead bro yeah you just went on about how they their playoff numbers in that but this same team that didn't cheat last year went to Game Seven of the World Series they were AL champs without cheating that tells you the talent is there so that kills the majority of your argument already and furthermore in the playoffs as you saw with guys like Aaron Judge your numbers drop because the pitching is better that's what happens. That's just the excuse me, the nature of the beast. Playoff pitching is just better overall. You're you're facing studs every time out. It's not like when you get to beat up on bad teams in a regular season and some guys get to inflate their averages. And all all teams cheat in baseball to some degree. Astros did it like took it to another level, right? Got caught. They made a big stink because they won a World Series. Where's the stink about the Red Sox? Where's the stink about the Yankee They suspended team? Cora? No, I'm not talking about the fan reaction. Everybody hates the Astros because of what they did, because in line to get in there, they beat the Yankees. That's what it really comes down to.
0: All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me here on this special segment. Uh, Paul, uh, I didn't get Miss Cleo, man. I got to be honest with you, bro. I wanted Miss Cleo. I kind of got Paul. So I don't know. what My outfit didn't come yet. Listen, I don't know what we have to do to get Miss Cleo out, but the Miss Cleo that we see running the streets with the shower cap on and yelling at the screen while he's driving in the middle of in, in the Bronx or wherever you're at, that's the Miss Cleo we want to bring to the Congress the Let Congress. me get, the outfit, me- let right, me get, get the, the outfit first. All right, get the outfit. Let me know what segment and we'll definitely do a part 2. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Make sure you guys are staying safe. I love you guys, and let me, let's move on to hockey. You're watching the sports hit list by the fans and for the fans. You guys take care. Let me bring in my hockey team as we transition. We got a lot more coming up on the show. We're going to talk bro. some. Uh, Peace. Later, bro. Take care. Let's go, We're going to talk, about some, we're gonna talk about some NFL. What's up? Here comes the uh, hockey crew. Uh, hey, a lot yo, of people Paul. in the comments are saying Paul. that.
5: Wait a second. Wait a second. Paul, you yeah. want to talk about hockey? Come see me any day. Listen, I love.
0: I I'm so disappointed
1: that the Rangers got rid of the King. I've been following his career since what 2005. I'm so disappointed, and I'm I'm not used to this of watching all-time greats retire. It's it's not call out hockey. Oh, come over to the island. Listen, listen. I might have to. You know, I switch teams like I switch flows. So I'm... <laughs>
4: you sound like
5: Marcus Lamar. You sound oh my like Lamar. God. He he does the same
0: thing. Oh, here we go. Listen, guys. So, uh, people don't believe hockey even belongs here on the platform. So, you guys got I like five to t- you guys got like five, ten minutes while people are watching to convince them that you guys that deserve airtime because I'm getting flack from people saying, "Why is hockey even on here right now?" So, you guys, yeah, yeah. The, the people are gonna speak. Listen, I'm, I'm flooding the text about why hockey's even on here, but. But you guys wanted to recap the uh, the draft, right? So, Chuck, let's start with you.
6: Uh, the Rangers, I think, had a good draft. They took what they did at number one, uh, Alexis Lafreniere. I think I said that correctly. It was a smart move by them. I We didn't see as many trades as I thought that we would. I guess teams, without having, you know, your, your regular, you know, scouting games because of the pandemic and everything, I think teams were just more set on just making their picks and moving on. The Islanders had no two first rounders, um, so I can't really touch on them. They took a, but they did uh, draft a bunch of wingers, so I'm happy. And um, shout out to, um, oh my God, what's his name? The kid who went second. Oh my God, I forgot his name. Byfield. Quentin Byfield. Uh, Byfield, my God, what a day. Um, but uh, he was the highest African American player ever to be drafted, so shout out to him. And, and I'm happy to see that. And now we're starting to see a little bit more of diversity within the,
7: within the NHL. All
6: right, Mike, what were your thoughts on the draft? Well, especially you though.
7: First off, hey, Carl, how you doing? We kind of just got thrown in there. But uh, no, overall, I think, uh, especially on the Rangers' part, they did exactly what they needed to do. As Charlie said, selected first, our Lord and Savior, Alexi Lafreniere uh 19th overall ended up trading up for the pick to take uh old school defender Braden schneider very i like that pick a lot and they got a lot of good value picks later in the draft and they went forward heavy compared to the last two drafts where they went defense heavy so i think they did exactly what they needed to do and i think they nailed it phillips what do you think bro
5: what's going on um first and foremost i'm gonna get to your your comments after this about why NHL should even be on here, but I'm going to talk about the draft first. And you know (laughs) I'm going to come for anybody that's coming for me. So before that, the draft was as we expected it to be. And the reason why is because there's a lot of tentativeness on certain trades because they want to, a lot of teams are going young, right? This is why we saw someone like the King, Henrik Lundqvist, we saw him get bought out. We're seeing a lot of players A lot of players from other teams that were traded for late round picks because teams are wanting to go younger. The best draft pick I thought, besides obviously the Rangers going number one, was Tim Stutzel. And the reason why is I actually think he's going to be the real one that is truly NHL ready at the beginning. I think Ottawa got him on a steal, but I think their antics were the best with having uh, Alex Trebek introduce him um, in the draft. So I thought that was great. Uh, I thought overall it was good. Like Chuck said, I'm surprised that there weren't a lot of trades. I'm very upset that Henrik Lundqvist is now Washington Capital, but I do understand. As a Ranger fan, I will be there front row to watch him play against us because unlike other sports hit listers, I still go for my team, even if my favorite player goes to another team. That's a different story. You know who I'm coming for.
0: But I, I, listen, listen, to be honest, the, the, the hitless streets have been so petty as of late. I don't even know where to start. It's like, it's like from, from contributor to contributor. I don't know if we just need to have a hitless Royal Rumble so we could just ready, do it all out. Because, because it, it seems like shots fly everywhere. Because I wake up to thousands many. of texts. Listen, listen <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. It's and crazy I was actually,
5: call. I'm actually going to be doing a lot. I'm going to do a video on this and I'm going to give it to you to, to put on the sports hit list. But there is too many fair weathered fans, and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of them jumping in and saying their team is the best when they only joined because of a certain player. You know, the LeBronians, the Tom Bradys, they, they need to stop because they take away from the true love of the game. And that's why hockey belongs here, because of the true love of the game, because there's not just one superstar. There's not just a Sidney Crosby anymore. There are true players that make a team better. Team, not one player making a team, a team playing dynamically together, five players on the ice playing together. There's not just one player deking. There's still the opportunity to pass the puck. There's still the opportunity to make that hit, and there's still that save that helps win championships. That's the difference between hockey and other sports, where we have one player on a basketball court that we think takes over, like the LeBronians always want to say with their with his fourth championship and everything else. Great, glad for the Lakers. I'm actually happy for the actual Laker fans that have been there with the Jared Hilt or whatever his name was that was, you know, running center for
0: Jordan Hill, yeah, for a no, while,
5: yeah. I had yeah, really yeah. But that's that's what I mean. There's Laker fans that are real fans that will remember that stuff, and there's Laker fans that don't remember until LeBron brought Anthony Davis in. So that there's different stories there. But, okay, guys, uh, to kind of
0: okay, so guys, to kind of wrap up with free agency, any 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 shocking developments there, uh, Sparacino?
7: Yeah, I was very surprised that Taylor Hall chose the Buffalo Sabres of all teams. Cause he flat out basically said he wanted to win. And then as soon as I found out he signed on Buffalo, I'm like, all right, this guy was just in it for the paycheck, not to win. Cause Buffalo, I don't see them being anywhere near a championship contender with their current roster construction, even though they beefed up the top six of their forwards, I still don't see them as a contender.
0: All right. Uh, let's go to Charlie. Anything, any developments for you when it comes to free agency and um, i
6: I got to agree with Mike. I think Terrell Hall taking a one-year deal, just trying you know, to get as, as much money as he can. Now, I hate to say that a player shouldn't get as much money as they can because I don't like to watch players' pockets. But I think you're at a point in your career where you you want to win, and Terrell Hall is a fantastic player. And I think the cap's going to be flat for not only next season, but the seasons after. So is Terrell Hall just gonna run around and chase after money so i don't know but the islanders made a trade finally uh got rid of uh Devontae's, which hurts in a way because he is a, a terrific player good two-way defenseman but they got back two twos they need to clear up cast space and they gotta do that by getting rid of johnny johnny Boychuk, uh thomas hickey andrew Ladd, and hopefully they can land a top six forward maybe a mike hoffman uh trade for line a someone but Uh, free agency has been fun so far, but we haven't seen as much activity because of the pandemic.
0: All right, Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining me on our transitional hockey segment to inform the people. Mike, I think you have a debate with Marcus coming up next week. Uh, I I believe he said yes, he'd agree to it when you guys talk about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. So that one will be a little bit spicy because I know there's a lot of, like I said, a lot of pettiness going on in the hitless streets. And uh, I'm looking forward to that debate. You guys take care. So uh, Mike, be ready because I know it'll be a good one.
5: <laughs> Sounds good.
0: <laughs> all right, guys, take care. Take I think off. Chuck is sticking around for some uh, football, right? Because I know Chuck oh, has a I lot to say.
6: Let, 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 let
0: me bring in some of my football contributors as we transition. You're watching the Sports Hit List by the fans and for the fans live exclusively on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for all the people who are watching right now. We got Manny, we got Marcus, Andres, um, Paul is watching again Ziggy everyone who's watching this hitless streets I thank you I appreciate you guys watching our content whether you like it whether you love it everyone's watching you guys are enjoying uh, let me introduce my panel uh, box office
3: how you doing sir I'm doing good sir I got something to say but go ahead and introduce everybody <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know everybody has a lot to say today we got uh, Coming around he texted me last night he's like Carl we got to go live about these goddamn jets uh, we got MVP is in the building MVP how you doing man all right. I'm doing great. Uh,
4: USA, Paul the Great. I, I <laughs> in the, interest, in the interest of what I just witnessed go down from the yeah. other. Pole, I need to make sure that the world knows the real Paul is available.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is With the real Paul, please stand up, Declan. How you doing, man? What's up, sir? Bro, thanks for having me. Super okay,
8: sorry today I can't even get into it.
0: All right, so let me give up some updated standings we have. Hold on, had- Paul, hold on. I
8: got, I got something oh, to tell so me. Into- you know what? I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right,
0: listen,
3: I need to talk about what just happened about 10 minutes ago, all right? I don't call. I don't know what you did to that man. But I that was nothing. not That was not Paul who showed up there, all right? I did nothing. Paul, Paul I... if you're watching this, I'm going to tell you this right now. You just got Rocky 3 okay? You you just got club <laughs> and Lang, all right? I'm going to need you. Let me Apollo Creed. Let me teach you some rhythm. So before we set up this rematch, because that was terrible. I don't even like Paul, but that was my least favorite Paul. That was the least favorite one. I don't even, that was terrible. I
0: sent him a message. I sent it to him. I was like, listen, I wanted Miss Cleo, and I got Paul. Dad, we,
3: we need, we really need vlog me. Paul. I want yes, loud and yes, belligerent yes, Paul. Yes, I'm yes, this call, is true.
4: That might have been one of the biggest flops I've seen. <laughs> it's probably like a movie in 07, bro. Like, right, right. Like, 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 the, the superhero remakes that flopped or something like that.
0: Yeah. That was Batman That was Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I did the best I could because he saw me trying to bait. He saw me trying to put. I was trying. I was that really was, trying. Oh, my God. it with the
3: Kevin Durant, pa- but I didn't. Paul, come, come with me. Get in the gym. We're going to teach you some rhythm. You know what I'm saying? Get you. You know, you got you to gotta get the eye of the tiger back because that was <laughs> terrible. Yeah, yeah. before,
4: before we get uh, started, I got one request. No longer call that man by the name of Paul. Please, there's now. I'm sorry. One- what are we calling
3: him? I'm there's sorry. Two
4: calls in the sports group. <laughs> he is another cool guy named Roberti. I don't got no beef with him.
0: These are the only people that are... <laughs> okay, so you know what? We got to give him like the playoff P nickname. Is that is, is that fair they, to say? They, he's they like took your
3: name away. You going to let <laughs> these men take your name away? That's terrible. Call <laughs>
0: them Spandemic P. There we go. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. So Chuck, I know Chuck had a lot to say last night. Chuck sent me a text after the Jets news. Uh, he said, Carl, I need five minutes. So can I get on the NFL segment? So we figured that's the hot topic right now, what happened with the Jets. Chuck, the floor is yours. Make it quick, because you know
6: Travis needs his time, too. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Don't worry. Listen, them releasing Le'Veon Bell was the final straw, and I'm going to rip my hair out. Okay, but before you even
0: start that, last week, keep in mind, you ripped a Yankees. So this week, oh. now you ripping the Jets. So, oh.
6: I, I, I mean, I, I don't know where you stand with your teams My anymore. My whole sports fandom is in, like, complete he destruction. New, New York. I love it. <laughs> right. First off, I'm going to blame Donnie Trump for hiring Woody Johnson to go over to the U.K. and leaving his brother in charge, who doesn't know his ass from his elbow, probably doesn't even <laughs> know the first thing about football, and hiring Adam Gase. They hired Adam Gase over Matt Rule, Travis could speak about Matt Rule quickly, um, over Cliff Kingsbury, over Mike McCarthy, which is eh, but still I would take Mike McCarthy. They had the options and they hired Adam Gase, who was just fired from a team in their own division. So you saw him more than any anybody else. He was in your division. How did you not realize this? All right. His first year, he got a pass because they went 79 because they played pee-wee football teams for half the season. All right. Then coming into this year, the offense is still struggling. The offensive line is terrible. He doesn't know how to use Le'Veon Bell. He is probably the best dual threat back in, I guess, his generational time from when he first started. All right. How do you not realize how to get him touches? Yes, you might hand the ball off to him, but what doesn't matter when he's running first and ten into and uh, a line that can't block anybody? Then all the receivers think Damn, Darnold has regressed tremendously. He got Joe Douglas the job. And Adam Gase doesn't even like to talk to the media. He fights with the media. Do you know what he said today about Le'Veon Bell? That his usage of him is now irrelevant because he got rid of him. No, I want to know why you did not use him the way you were supposed to. How do you not use a man of this talent? Why is Frank Gore getting more touches? Why? Sunday we have Joe Flacco and Frank Gore starting. Can you believe that? Frank Gore and Joe Flacco like this is 2009. You just drafted a quarterback in the fourth round to be Sam's backup QB of the future. Why is he not in the damn football game? You drafted Michael P. Ryan in the the third round. Why is he not getting more carries? You even said that you didn't want to take... Um, touches away from P. Ryan, but he doesn't get touches to begin with. I do not understand. Adam Gase has a personal vendetta against his players. They're always hurt, and this goes back to his Miami days. Why does Chris Johnson not see this? We see it. Paul sees it. Travis sees it. Declan sees it. People in the hit list see it. I see the NFL it. Is- <laughs> Why does <laughs> nobody see it? I do not understand. I'm getting red. I'm redder than Carl Sherman and Paul's hat right now because <laughs> 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 this. I mean i don't get it what do they see every sunday i don't even have to watch games to know that this team stinks when they're getting blown out by 20 plus i do not understand when does it end this team needs a big overhaul they need to get rid of everyone i just everyone. wanna i just wanna
4: throw something out there uh because i feel i feel charlie's frustration
0: never seen him like that <laughs> no i
3: know i saw him
0: like that last week i think and- no, you know I think I, I think this was worse than the Yankees one, right, Declan? I think this one was a lot worse. Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah, only yeah, got yeah. one Everybody.
4: thing for you, Charlie. I know I got this hat on, but the reality is, it's the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse going on right now in East Rutherford, and it's a damn shame. And you as a Jets fan, you have every right to be frustrated, my friend. It's the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse.
0: Uh, okay, trap box office. How do we fix this? I mean, I, I clearly Gates has to go, but after I mean, that's that, first, what's the next? first yeah, that's the first, first step. step. But what else could they do possibly to even salvage the season or even salvage the franchise?
3: I mean, look, look, let's not talk about salvaging the season. The season's over because then I highly doubt Adam. The sad part about it is you don't see where a win comes comes for this team this season. That's the sad part right there. But. Uh, you said you got the draft picks for um, Jamal Adams. So hopefully you sit there and use that right. Um, you're going to be – I'm on the fence on what do you do with Sam Darnold at this point. I mean, do you try and trade him for – I mean, if you're in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, do you try and trade Darnold and take Trevor Lawrence? But why, why bring Trevor Lawrence into this? Don't ruin another quarterback. I mean, it's – Can I just – before that gets in here, I just want to throw something out there.
4: Don't you think it's a bit odd that a franchise would allow Adam Gase to part ways with his best player on offense and defense not technically answer the question as Chuck alluded to earlier, (laughs) right? Blows off the media. (laughs) They sit out a guy in Sam Donald who they just allowed to play, who was able to play for a 40-year-old quarterback who shouldn't be in the sport. Why is... Why why is Sam Donald even get a pass, right? I mean, we've all witnessed what we've seen with Darnold before. We made excuses for Sam Donald, right? We did what they do all the time for these quarterbacks. They don't let a they didn't make excuses for Lamar Jackson. They didn't make excuses for Mike Vick. They didn't make excuses for Donovan McNabb. And I'm not here to paint the race color. But here's what I'm gonna say. You don't think it's odd that you have a team willing to leave $20 million on the table in dead money to get rid of a guy that you're not even using, right? If anything, you could have benched, benched Le'Veon Bell. Right? You, know, you put him on the streets yesterday. In the middle of a practice, you fired him. You fired him on, on his day off. It's right? <laughs> <laughs> damn
0: Donald. It's Donald. We're go, we going, right?
3: we going back to Friday. We're going back to Friday. Let me answer that. Because let me answer that. Because the cupboard is bare. We all know, we, we don't really know what Sam Donald truly is yet. Because there's no weapons there. His coach is terrible. So in a some some way, that he kind of gets a pass. Donovan no, McNabb, absolutely But Don, no, 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 Wait, wait, wait let, me, let me finish. Let me finish. To Bram, Patrick some, with, to, years with no to bring, weapons. To bring, some of, the names, to bring some of the names you had up. Donovan McNabb, he, ha, he didn't have any weapons, but he had Andy Reid. Listen, 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 listen. Manny
0: is telling you box office to apologize right now. He's saying to apologize. Oh, okay,
3: okay, all right, all right, right, hold on, hold on. on, Manny, You know what,
0: you know, before we get to that, Deckman's
8: been so patient and quiet. Deck, go ahead, man. Let that
3: that cook.
8: Nobody wants to hear what a Giants fan has to say anymore, and that's sad and true. But what I will say here about Adam Gase, uh, Greg's calling for me to rip him. I'm going to rip him. It won't be that hard, uh, considering we added Le'Veon Bell to the book club of people who, you know, NFL skill players, especially that have had issues with him, They're going to be meeting in the stands like Baker Mayfield's book club in Cleveland, whether it's Jay Ajayi, Jarvis Landry, Adam, uh, excuse me, Jamal Adams, um, Ryan Tannehill, especially, who's now a franchise quarterback in Tennessee. Lev Bell yesterday, what happened?
4: Kenyon Drake,
8: Absolutely. Devontae
4: Parker. Kenyon Drake, Parker, Mike <laughs> <is lucky. laughs> <Mike is lucky. laughs> who's now playing good. Lamar Miller,
6: Lamar Miller too. No. The need to go on and on, f- which is why, Paul, I'm, I'm sorry, Declan, which is why you can't really criticize Darnold because players regress under Gase. It, it's, it's proven. Go ahead, Declan.
8: I'm with Chuck on this one. We're looking, I'm sorry to go against you, Paul, but I have to with Sam Darnold here. And I understand, you know, Donovan McNabb, we don't make excuses for a lot of guys. And I totally get your point. Cause the sad reality is, is that it's pretty relevant Dwayne Haskins, I, don't, I personally don't think he's great, but we don't see the excuses being made for him as there are for Daniel Jones. So I will throw that out there. As far as Sam Donald goes, that line is terrible. They can't block anybody. Jeff Smith sounds like the weatherman on Eyewitness News because I think the weatherman on Eyewitness News is named Jeff Smith. We got random guys playing receiver. We got Frank Gore, who's about 90 years old, running the ball. Joe Flacco's the backup, whatever. Sam Donald's hurt. I don't know why they don't put in the young guy, young kid, James Morgan from FIU. Uh, as Chuck said, we're going to have to make excuses. If we look at Adam Gase as the head coach, the amount of players he's ruined, like part of me almost hopes that, you know, they do ship Sam Donald to a team like Pittsburgh or something, let him sit for a year with Ben, or even just ship him anywhere so he can be in a position to succeed in the slightest. Sam Donald has shown great moments his rookie year, although he did have an interception total that was a little bit too high, but then again, a lot of rookies, that's typical. His rookie year, he showed you something. Last year, he didn't show you much, although he did have an uh, an above 500 record. This year, he's showing you nothing at all, but who on the Jets really is showing you anything? It's just, it's a tough environment to succeed. They let Le'Veon Bell, who's produced probably at one of the higher rates in the NFL in the 2010s. They let him walk for nothing. They couldn't get a seventh round draft pick for him. It's, It's just ridiculous to me personally to see it. I'll let everybody else. Kind of get yeah. going here. Before we get going,
0: because oh, okay. I know we got a couple minutes. Um, I, I just wanted to give everyone the standings. Travis, I'm okay. gonna get to you. I just want to give everyone the standings on the predictions picks. Rick Man, is still in the week lead. Last week, baby. You did, but you're still you did, but you're still in fourth place though. Okay. Rick is still Rick, Rick has 39 in first place. Travis is in second at 36, Ray is in third at 34, and MVP, you're in fourth at 32. And walmac and Travis are tied right now, 27 apiece. Going into week six. So, just giving you a the update. Rick is still in the lead right now. Uh, Travis is, is naked. He's right there. Three more picks. I think the advantage is Rick is not losing any points as much. And it going, going by off, Rick had nine wins last week. So, he has to slow down in order for you guys to catch up. You guys can keep playing catch up all season, but Rick has to make some false predictions, and he hasn't been able to do that in, in five weeks. That's all we I'm saying. We got a
4: solution to slow Rick down. We're <laughs> going to disconnect his Wi
3: Fi. <laughs> 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 right, let me hit one more point. Let me hit one more point on the Bell thing. Okay. I'm not. I'm. I'm not in New York, so I don't see the local coverage of it. But on the national shows, I'm seeing the narrative being switched. Like a lot of people are starting to come at Bell for some reason. Is that like? Is it because the? Is because normal. the Jets don't get a lot of national coverage and they don't know That's what's normal. really
4: going no, on there? Why? Do
3: why? Do try
6: why? Because the Jets probably have the worst base beat writers in the NFL, and they take any chance they could to attack the team. Rich Samini does it. Um, Brian Costello does it. M- mash Manor got his credentials revoked because all he does is take shots at the team. Everything about the Jets is 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 terrible. It's laughable. Okay. And, and my, my frust- and my frustration, which really digs down, is. I really don't get it. I, I don't I don't think Adam Gase is getting fired anytime soon because he has more because his hands are all over the jets more than we realize. This is his general manager. The uh, the acting owner right now loves him. So I think he's here to say and I think that's why he gets a pass with the media because there are no repercussions. He, he's not worried about his job being lost because he has everybody in his back pocket. Okay, guys, real quick, uh, let's touch
0: upon the other uh, top story after week five we had is uh, Dak Prescott. We hate to see that happen to uh, any athlete. Uh, prayers out to him and his family, especially what he's dealing with. I know his uh, middle brother uh, you know, um, took his life early on this year. So, you know, prayers out to Dak that he has a speedy recovery. But what do the Cowboys do now? Paul.
4: You know, it's unfortunate. Uh, I'm on the record for saying I thought Dak should have took that contract the five times they offered him the contract, you know, north of $30 million a year. Worst case scenario, obviously, hindsight speaking, this is exactly what took place. I'm very curious to see what the Jones family does. I mean, they've been out there pretending to talk big game. Dak's still our quarterback of the future. But well, let's see it. Right, Because there will be no greater accountability to be had if they do not take care of Dak, considering they still say he is their QB of the future. So I'm curious. The smart money says they move on from Dak Prescott. I don't know how salvageable Andy Dalton, who is the highest paid backup in the NFL, I don't know what he can do. I'm hoping you know, you get a, a vintage Andy Dalton and he can get you a, into the playoffs in that weak division. But I'm curious to see what happens, but history tells me that they'll be drafting a quarterback in the first round, one of the plethora of great quarterbacks that are out there. They won't pick up the phone and call Colin Kaepernick, who's an easy, easy choice. They won't pick up the phone and call for Jameis Winston, who could be another viable option. They won't do any of those things that you think a team that has championship aspirations would do. So I'm curious to see
0: what happens in that All one. right, uh, just around the room, Chuck. Real quick thoughts on
6: Dak. <clears throat> I mean, it sucks. I think Paul hit around the head. I, I believe he should have took the contract when he when he got one. It wasn't like the Cowboys were lowballing him, but I think they offered him a pretty reasonable thing. They're gonna ride the season out w- with Dalton. That's why they gave him the two-year, fourteen million-dollar contract or whatever it was. But it is very, it's very key to see what they do after this season. Now, now, first, we got to see if Dak's even going to be able to play, which I hope that he does. But will they give him the contract? And listen, the, the Cowboys could always go after S- Sam Darnold. You know, if, if, if Jerry wants to get on the horn and give me a first, I'll, I'll take it at this point. <laughs> but it's very interesting to see. I, I don't think they're going to trade for anybody in season because the options really aren't out there. And I think six, seven wins could definitely w- win you that division because it's absolutely horrible. So I don't think they're going to panic for this year, but the but going forward with the Cowboys and and I think they have more holes on that team than we actually realize. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out. Declan,
0: thoughts real quick on on
6: on Dak.
8: Uh, yeah, I'll try to make it quick. I was on the road during the game, and then I came home, kind of rewatched some of the highlights, looked at that whole injury slow mo. Uh, it was tough to not you know get emotional about it. It was really upsetting to see a guy who, although you know maybe he. Definitely should have took the contract. Uh, you can't fault the guy for betting on himself. It's something that I think is an admirable trait to have uh, to go off and bet on yourself. And although, you know, they were losing uh, for the season so far, he was playing good football. Some of the garbage time, you could say that, but he was throwing the ball pretty well. Uh, and it sucks. All around, it sucks. You hate to see it. It's upsetting. Uh, he's obviously been through a lot. Uh, he's only been ripped by Skip Bayless for coming out and saying, he, you know, he battled with depression, which is disgusting, by the way. Uh, But that's a topic for another three-hour segment. Um, If if we're going to get into it, though, uh, Andy Dalton was playing pretty good. Uh, He actually threw the ball really well towards the end of that uh, that Giants game, got them to win for sure. That ball to Michael Gallup down the sideline was, like, vintage, like maybe this guy could be good, Andy Dalton, back when we thought that in 2012. Uh, I like what I see from them a little bit in the passing game with him. Uh, But overall, the Dak situation sucks. But I don't know what they're going to do moving forward because, I mean – Dak's not going to play under tag again. They're not going to give him more money, or even the same money they were going to give him, especially guaranteed wise. Uh, so it should be interesting. I don't know if they'll take a quarterback in the first round, but if they put themselves in position to do so, maybe.
0: Uh, Marcus Lamar just threw a shout out and said he likes you, Dak. Deck, uh, Dak. Deck. So
8: it's a, it's a <laughs> at least at least he likes somebody.
0: <laughs> Travis, real quick on on Dak, what should they do? I know you're all about players getting paid. I, I know yeah. you've been on a rent about that for for a while.
3: Listen, man, I, it's a terrible situation, and my prayers go out to him, man. But uh, I partly agree with Dak, man. I think, I think at the at the end, this might be the this might work out in the case for both sides, because I highly doubt that the Cowboys are going to be willing to lock themselves into a long term deal with Dak. So therefore, you offer him a short term deal to see how he heals up. We all know that the cap is going to go down next year and probably the year after that. So the money might not be as good. So hopefully by the time he heals up, he's able to hit the market again in two years and get that big money that he was looking for. But as far as the Cowboys, um, give me a second here to cook call because I got something working. Um, I think uh, the Cowboys are going to end up in the same place that this team is going to end up no matter what. I think when it comes to quarterbacks, I look at it as this. Quarterbacks and teams, there are two different types of quarterbacks. There are your trucks and then your trailers. There are your quarterbacks who are pulling the trailer and then there's your quarterbacks who are being pulled by the trailer. For for what it was worth, I think Dak was trying to be a trailer. I mean, whether he succeeded or failed at that is up for debate. But I think there's enough horsepower in this truck for them to pull Andy Dalton along. So wherever this team was going to end up at the end of the year, I think they still end up at that same place. Whatever their record was going to be, it's just going to look different. I think they're going to morph back into what they were in Dak's rookie year with that heavy Zeke and then hopefully uh, time of possession and ball control. That'll keep that terrible defense off the field. So at the end, I think the team ends up wherever they were going to end up with the same record, to be honest with you.
0: Okay, I don't think we have some time to do what we normally do with our regular schedule programming because the Jets uh, were so important. We couldn't get a chance to get – uh, giving out game balls. Uh, there is no Thursday night game on the slate this week. Uh, I believe they're going to start on Sunday and they have two games on Monday. I'm looking at the schedule now. If you guys, if I'm wrong, tell me, but uh, it doesn't seem like there's a schedule for tomorrow because I guess they played no, Tuesday. Yeah, it got moved. So, but uh, Monday be Chiefs, I think. yeah, I, I think, I, I think that game got moved. So on Sunday, we'll definitely uh, make our picks on the, on the kickoff show, but guys, thank you so much for joining me. Deck, you had something to say.
8: Yeah, can I propose a really quick question? I promise it won't take too long. Yeah, guys. I just wanted to know what you guys thought the repercussions of the situation would be like had Dak signed that contract? Like right now, if, the, if he got injured a couple months into this new contract, what the thoughts in Dallas would be?
4: There would be no thoughts. I mean, they would obviously be thinking in their mind, damn, this is the worst thing that could have possibly happened. But all along, they, the Joneses have said that Dak is their quarterback, right? Even though they signed Dalton. I don't think there's ever a bad decision to have a good backup quarterback in the NFL. I think even more so with COVID this year, you need it, um, i.e. the Patriots. We've seen how bad they look not having a true backup plan with Cam Newton. So, I mean, I don't think there would be much repercussions.
6: Yeah, uh, to go off Paul side, I don't think you really can, can even, like, say anything negative about it because injuries happen in the game, especially in the NFL. But I think – what really got everybody emotional with Dak is seeing the entire sideline come off to him as he was carted off, which shows you that he's a leader. That's the guy you want leading your football team at the biggest position on a football team. So I think – I I think jo- – uh, not Jones. Dak has to be the quarterback of the Cowboys going future because he, he's their leader. And you saw it Sunday while he was being carted off. Yeah. Travis, to uh,
3: answer our uh, question. I will I – will- I will, sorry, Manny, I will have, I see him in the comments, I will have your official apology for you on Sunday.
0: Manny, right? <laughs> so
3: man, he's he been to he he me about these Raiders, I will have a nice formal apology for you on Sunday, all right? But what, is this, a, what is this apology about? I, uh, it's some, uh, uh, I, yeah. Somehow he has me painted as a Raiders hater, even though yeah. I was the only one who I didn't pick them to win, but I gave them the greatest shot for an upset right. Sunday. Good. But for some reason, he has me pegged as a hater. So I'll give him his apology on Sunday. I'll say but this. You... Go ahead. Sorry, quickly.
8: You may be a Cam hater, but I haven't seen the Raiders. Why does
3: everybody think I'm a Cam hater? <laughs> I <laughs> am
8: want. not a Cam hater. What I'm objective. It's
3: objectivity, okay? And Cam was not the greatest thing that ever happened to the Panthers. Luke
0: <laughs> I mean, he did lead your team to a Super Bowl, even though they didn't win. I mean, how could you not? I mean,
3: we, got the, we, we got the Super Bowl They didn't was... lose before he was there. <laughs> fair, we got
0: the Super fair. Bowl
3: before and lost. Again, but to answer De-
0: yeah, yeah, but Travis, to answer Dex's question about the contract, how, how did you see that playing out if he did sign it?
3: I mean, it's it, it would be locked in. I mean, they would just have to wait for him to heal up. I mean, like I said, it sucks that. He did he wasn't able to get that contract. But like Dex said, I will never shame a man for betting on himself. I mean, the guy didn't miss, he he never missed a game before this. So well, you mean, don't want
4: to shame him for betting on himself. I will. I'm a guy. No,
3: I, I, I don't know. You can't, man. He, Listen, felt, he money felt he was mad. He, he never he never missed a game before this. Right.
4: It doesn't matter.
3: The, the, the beauty of the NFL
4: and the game that those guys play, is every play out there, you can get hurt.
3: That's the beauty of the game. Yeah,
0: you got to take so, that money. So Joe Franco was stupid the whole, to battle
3: himself? All right, guys. So Joe guys, was the whole, I mean? to battle himself?
0: <laughs> guys, not- thank you so much. We got to move on to uh, Winner's Circle, which we have to close out the show today. We'll have more on the NFL kickoff show. We'll have the predictions. As I said before, Rick is in the lead. You guys, thank you, Chuck, for pulling the double doubleheader. Uh, Declan, thank you for coming on. Trav, I'll talk to you on Sunday. Send me those long notes. We're ready for, for game time. Um, <laughs> you got and you. Paul's going to stick around. Let me bring in Ray Jarvis who I believe is still having some champagne from Sunday. I don't know if they're <laughs> rolled over into, uh, into Wednesday. Let me ask him. Ray, are you still celebrating? You have some more champagne or are you done? I'm still celebrating. I don't know when that's going to stop. <laughs> I heard that. I was just watching the jump with Rachel Nichols. She said that the Lakers' official parade has been postponed until they can actually have one for the right. fans. I don't know how that's actually going to work if we're dealing with free agency and the players may not even be around. How could you have a celebration when during the NBA season, I don't know how they, I don't know how the Lakers are going to pull that off. If a well, listen, listen, graded.
9: um, if you if you saw LA Sunday night,
0: the parade already <laughs> happened. <laughs> you know, we saw, you know what I'm saying? I, we saw, a a it movie in LA. we did, we did, but we wanted to discuss here. You guys win circle. I let you guys navigate your own uh stories, what you guys want to talk about. I saw you guys want to talk about um, the recap of the game six. Also, what does AD do going into free agency? Is he gonna up? Is, would he get like maybe a two year deal? Would he sign a full max? Floor is yours, Paul.
4: I mean, obviously, the the, the preliminary choice for me would be obviously AD stays in LA. Um, although we have all we've seen crazier things happen in the sports. Um, why would you leave LA? Right? Like if you AD, right? Because to come to Boston. About, let me
8: stop. <laughs>
4: yeah, as his, as his daddy told Sounded you like a while Chris ago, max. he would never, he would never stay in Boston. Uh, but I mean, the smart money says you stay there. You, you should opt out because that's the right business move. And he probably does one of those three and ones and then has the ability for Super Max at the end of the, at the tail in the LeBron's contract. So that's the smart money. Uh,
9: from basically what I saw Magic Johnson talking to Stephen A yesterday, we already know Magic Johnson has a terrible way of holding water. He kind of <laughs> spills the beans as soon as he speaks. So from what I saw with Magic, Stephen A, and Max, uh, AD's here. AD's locked in. You know, LeBron gave his three plus one. I expect the same thing for AD, three plus one. The Lakers will get Anthony Davis' prime. All of this hype, pomp, and circumstance surrounding. Will he go? Will he go? If y'all want to listen to Woj, lie to y'all again. Be my guest. But once again, I'm telling you right here, AD is a Laker. He's going to become a vested Laker. There will be multiple championships with AD as a Laker. And whether it's 23 or three... There will be a jersey is for A.D. I'm putting it on wax right now.
4: I, I agree. Uh, I do want to shift gears as we talk about um, A.D. being a vested Laker. Now, you've been highly critical of LeBron James uh, pre-L.A., current L.A., mm-hmm. even as recent as a week ago. And I respect all of your, your viewership and your, and your opinions toward Mr. LeBron James. But the fact that he has delivered what he told you he would two years ago, does that change anything about your feelings toward LeBron James, the basketball player?
8: Bro,
9: like like I said in, in the, in the Lake Ration, you know, whatever free smoke I have for him, we gotta put that on pause because I, I, when the season restarts and I see the BS, I'm gonna call it how I see him. That's what I do. They they will, I don't, I don't, again no guac 2020 that means i don't ride this man i don't slurp this man if he does well i salute if he does tomfoolery i criticize that's my body that's my vibe and that's all it is. Right now, he came through. He delivered a championship. He got the Lakers out of the doldrums. He, he, he got that mixed stench off the Lakers. And I got to give credit once again where it's due. LeBron brought us home. He brought us back to our status as the number one franchise in the NBA, a Mount Rushmore franchise
4: in all of sports. All hail the king. Now I just want to switch gears a tad bit, and Carl, you can chime in on this too. Fix your face, so, Carl. Since we got matching, <laughs> since we got on matching outfits, it's hard. You know. It's hard
0: to do that, man. I can't. I can't lie. Like I'm green with envy, a pun since, intended. You know? Since
4: we suddenly decided that we're matching outfits on this hey, beautiful listen, listen,
0: so for um, sure.
4: w- w- let's talk about Frank Vogel, right? Mm. Because we all were a little up in the air on, in regards to. We thought it was weird with the Caruso in the lineup. Game six. Me? Well, we, you know, we being the people. I mean, me mm. and you, I think we're on board.
0: The Hitler streets. The Hitler streets street was like, <laughs> That's oh, I like to call. the hitless streets, man. The hitless congregation. They and we talk. know
4: worldwide. They couldn't wait for a game seven. You know, a La choke and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? I seen the choke trending trending on Twitter. I seen LaFraud on Twitter. I seen a lot of stuff. I see mm. somebody even have a hashtag cut off the brow. Like I seen a lot going on <laughs> on Twitter. Right? Wow. So deeply, when we talk about the game of basketball, we don't ever typically give credit to the coaching, right? Because we know in the NBA, talent is what wins, right? But let's just spend a little bit of time talking about Frank Vogel and the and I think the adjustments he made, which ultimately I think led to bringing those guys home. Oh, yeah.
9: yeah. I mean, I, well, go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. Uh, You know, I I just want to give, once again, a whole ton of credit and flowers to Frank Vogel. A lot of people fronted on him. But if you look throughout the playoffs, we already see the cakewalk energy heavy on the Internet. But each series, he made the necessary defensive tweak to get us over the hump. If anything looked wrong, Frank Vogel fixed it. Uh, I got a text message from Andres. He was laughing about Caruso going into the starting lineup. He can screenshot it and share it in the group. I said, if, if Caruso's in the star lineup, that means Frank Vogel saw something on film that he knows he can fix by way of tweaking the lineup and do the necessary things to get the W. You saw how they steamrolled Miami in game six, how they swarmed defensively. He did a hell of a job. The, 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 the half-court offense might be, might be vanilla, but when you play the LeBron system, the system is always going to be vanilla. Be but defensively vanilla. speaking, defensively speaking, he got a buy-in from a LeBron coach that we haven't seen since the post years in Miami. LeBron was fully on Vogel, which means that whatever he was spitting, they were buying it. Shout out to Jason Kidd, because I'm pretty sure Jason Kidd was a buffer in between Vogel and the rest of the team. When, when they felt like Vogel was doing too much, I'm pretty sure J.K. was would say, listen, just do this, fam. Buy-in. Do the necessary things. Guys bought in. You have to give the coach credit. And... Again, I talk about this on the gray area heavily. If you're a head coach and you coach to win as opposed to coaching your way, you're my kind of coach. He did not sell out his way for W's. He said, you know what? If this works, we're going to do it and we're going to win. Give Frank Vogel his flowers. If you say otherwise, you're a clown.
0: Yeah, um, there's nothing much left to say. Cle- clearly, uh, as, as Paul said, you know, coaches do get ignored, uh, which is why we have our own resident coach to be uh, advocate for coaches. But I think it takes a lot to coach and just look at the personalities and and egos he even had. It's one thing to coach the X's and O's, but you have to be a a coach in order to to manage those. You have a guy like Rondo, who was a head case, who walked out on Rick Carlisle, and, and, and people thought his career was done. You had another guy like Dwight Howard, who people thought was done after his whole thing with Stan Van Gundy and him even dealing with Kevin McHale, and people rode off his ship. You no, know, so he had a lot of different personalities. And I thought for me, impressively, is when, it, when you're able to contain guys and not only coach them X's and O's, but able to maintain a locker room that, you know, there's no dirty laundry coming out. There's no fights and there's no things going on there. That's also a part of the job too. So for him to be able to do that, I thought was a, a, definitely impressive and just managing egos. And I, I and love for, hearing you say that, Carl. I love it. It's <laughs> all for <laughs> so right. me to say, it, but I can be objective when I want to be.
4: And the only thing I'll add to that is I think, you know, I'll add two things. Also, I appreciate, you know, you heard about the reports of Lionel Hollins, you know, obviously up there in age and being a high risk person, not being in the bubble FaceTiming during half times and practices, uh, who, who's always been a defensive wizard. So shout out to that man for being that committed even away from the game uh, and not even being in the environment, right? But the fanboys out there, there's a few of them. Uh, I seen them in the comments earlier, throwing shade at Greg. Um, I want to say this because the hardest thing I think in the NBA of all sports is to coach superstars, right?
7: Mm-hmm.
4: You, you, we. Phil Jackson is is even ranked high, and he probably even deserves to be because how he handled superstars.
0: at Absolutely. That season,
4: right. I'm not even sure he's the best coach of all time. But all We know, right? <laughs> but uh, all we I know, listen.
0: we all have our own favorite coaches, man. Right. Now,
4: but th- what I'm saying is, but all we know is we've seen Phil coach. Jordan. We've seen him coach Kobe. We've seen him coach Shaq. We've seen him get more out of power. We've seen Phil, right? So when I think about the impact of Frank Vogel, I also got to give some credit to the prowess of one LeBron James, who his histor- historically wasn't the most coachable superstar of all time.
7: Mm-hmm. And
4: I think for the first time, I can honestly say even, even past Spostrum, i seen a LeBron play off ball and let Rondo run the offense. I watched him even let Caruso at times run the offense. And I said to myself, that's a coach in the film room saying, this is what we need you to do in order for us to be better. And yeah. I got to give some credit for that because I think obviously it's a two-way street, right? That's like Rockaway Parkway. You can't yeah. just go down one way, baby. <laughs> it, it requires two detainters. So huge shout out to LeBron. I'm sure his biggest fans out there uh, will agree. Now, Wait, I
0: just, no, <laughs> but no, no, but Paul, before we move on, since you touched upon um, greatest coach of all time off the top, we don't Ooh. even need to get explaining, who's your greatest coach of all time? And I'll ask oh. Ray the same question. I'll give hey, you guys hey. mine.
4: I'll let Ray go first. <laughs> go ahead,
0: that's Ray. Phil Jackson.
9: I, I don't need to hesitate. I
0: disagree. I disagree. Be, be,
9: you know, See, and, that, and that's fine. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, Carl, I expect you to disagree because I'm pretty sure you're picking some generic guy. But no, it's not you, generic.
8: You, I, I go we, with facts.
9: Anyway, when you when you come with Phil Jackson, to to Paul's point, Guard himself, to manage those personalities and incorporate a system that was basically unstoppable to the tune of what is it, eleven championships? Like, come on! Like at the end of the day, like if we want to downsize winning for preference and all that type of nonsense, <laughs> that's cute. But when it comes to getting some of the craziest personalities, to buy in together and get them to play at their peak together because it wasn't like one guy had to do this and another guy had to do that we got shaq and kobe at their peak to the tune of three championships right then powell and kobe at their peak to the two to the tune of two championships jordan and pippen to the tune of six championships and these guys play at the highest of levels that's coaching salute to tex winter These guys got these players to do it repeatedly. It's one thing to win one championship. This is what a lot of y'all fans get twisted. It's one thing to win one championship, maybe two, but to continuously win and then win again and then win again and then win again. Wash, rinse, repeat. That takes a level of dedication. That takes a level of focus. That takes a level of fine-tuning that focus by way of your coach. Doing silly things like camping and making them read books. Phil Jackson is the greatest coach of all time. If you disagree, I really don't care. He
4: he did get some points for that trip to Vegas via the the last
0: dance document. Let's talk about doing what's necessary to win. Phil Jackson. Okay, Paul, who do you got? Are you taking Phil too?
4: For the sake of a debate, I would say Greg Poppins. And I will tell you why I say great. Uh,
0: someone <laughs> just said before you go. Someone said in the comments he couldn't manage Dennis Rodman, which is why he shipped him to Chicago. But and he I did though.
4: Disagree. But he managed. That was guys.
0: part of the process. So <laughs> he managed.
4: So a great leader for those, for those listening and watching is one who can manage him while he's current, and then manage him out of the business, right? And that's exactly what great leadership does. There is a time when it's time to hang it up, and I'm afraid that when they cut ties with Dennis. It was over for Dennis. He was Mr. Entertainment at that point. But to answer your question, Carl, I'm going to go Greg Popovich only because I watched Greg Popovich change his system, which you don't always see for someone who can continuously win at a high level using different pieces in tune of what's going on with the actual game of basketball. The Spurs team you've seen win with with Robinson and Duncan was not the same Spurs team you've seen knock off the Heat dynasty. So, when I think about that and what he did over the longevity of a bunch of no namers' careers, with the exception of Tim Duncan, I'm going to put I watched. I watched him win with Speedy Claxton, bro. Right. <laughs> well, Paul, hold on, hold on, Paul, real quick. The,
1: the
9: Heat were a dynasty?
4: You know, I'm going to say, well, technically by law, they didn't win three, so they shouldn't be. Before, <laughs> before Chips in four years, I'm putting them in that dynasty book.
0: I don't know about that one, but g- carry on. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say uh, someone I don't think who gets enough credit as a coach. I'm going Larry Brown, man. I, I, I honestly think Larry Brown, nah. you know, he doesn't get enough respect that he deserves. Um, and, and one of the reasons <laughs> going Larry Brown, you're going to look at me and walk away, but I'm going Larry Brown. We're talking basketball. Larry Brown, the NCAA champion, the NBA champion, only coach in history to ever do something like that. He took a, 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 a he didn't have a superstar on his Pistons team to win a championship. We don't give him enough credit for the work that he does. That's, that's what I'm saying. We sit here and we glorify the coaches who have done great, who have had players. Larry Brown had nobody. But again, this isn't my segment, so I'm not going to cook. I'm going to let you guys finish your segment. No, As, As expected, you picked some white meat coach to
9: wax poetic about. Get the hell out of here, Carl. What's the next topic, Paul?
3: <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to
0: talk about um, agents. Agents, and you said, it's Clutch Sports like the best-run uh, agent uh, out there in the game and I know uh, Paul wanted to touch upon that
4: I mean clutch could be another day I don't even think for me it's a debate right because what we are seeing clutch do on the court off the court fiscally and physical control is unmatched in the sport what? the actual NBA has never seen it before right we used to law Drew Rosenhausen in, you know, in the NFL because he had all these clients right But the reality is people will cut ties with whoever is their contract and their representation and go out there and say, clutch is where I want to be. They're going to get me where I want to go, right? Whether it's movie deals, shoe deals, winning teams, AR, look at J.R. Smith's last five years of his career. (laughs) You don't even got to think about the first seven or 10 that he had, right? (laughs) Forget that he was on the Knicks. Forget all that stuff that he was a high school draft pick. Just look right. at his last five years. That's clutch sports. You know, so, I, you know, that's... I would say
9: they're the most powerful uh agency right now. But, like, greatest... I think that there's, this story is still being told. But most powerful and, and understanding how the, the NBA overall market works from, from the basketball all the way through the media. They, they have mastered the game. And, and they are building something... That We've never seen before. Never. So they, they, they're the best right now, the most powerful right now, and maybe they'll be the greatest. But I'm not I'm not prepared to, to do that just yet. Let's see what happens when LeBron leaves the game. Right. How powerful. Now, coach I is. will
4: say this though. Uh I'm curious to see what rock nation sports continues to do. Right. Because what they've kind of done is infiltrate every single market, which we mm-hmm. haven't seen clutch do. We've seen Rock Nation jumped on the scene and put Cano in Seattle, Washington for $250 million. That was unheard of at the time. Nobody spurns the Yankees, right? Right. (laughs) So we've seen Cano swerve the Yankees for two and a quarter. We've seen what they've been doing in the NFL, right? So I'm curious to see how that continues to project NBA-wise because they will continue to get all of these top draft picks to join their crew as well. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. Um, the only I wanted to also touch on the the lonely Dak Prescott situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, was he wilding for not taking the deal? <laughs> um, I'll say no. I'll say no. And uh, you know what?
0: That's, that's Here's hard. a problem I have with Dak. Huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry then inter- That's hard, though, bro. Like, I'm thinking about, like, when you get money, I, I understand what he's trying to do, but that's hard to say no to that deal and then look what ends up happening. So I, I, I it, it's a tough call. It really is. It's, it's a double-edged
9: sword. The, the problem with Dak is, Dak is not wrong for holding out for more bread because when you look at the NFL quarterback market, he should ask for more money. But then if I'm the organization and I'm the fan, I'm the person watching the game, do I think Dak was worth what he was asking for? No. I mean, the numbers are there. There's going to be the people with the calculators. We we know who you are. Look at his stats. Look at his completions. But is Dak Prescott a money quarterback? Can, can you close your eyes and say Dak is going to show up in clutch time and get the job done? My answer is no. The guys who are getting these $40 million per year are close to, you know what I mean? These guys have done it at the highest level, all the way up through Pat Mahomes getting the Super Bowl trophy. Right, he did that. We, we've seen uh, Deshaun Watson get it done in the playoffs. We have. We can't even say we've seen Deshaun Watson fold up in a big game. If mm-hmm. there's a big spot, Watson's gonna show up. Even 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 uh, Lamar Jackson has had bigger, better moments and, and with the lights on. I've seen what was it just last season against the Eagles, Dak Prescott he crept the bed to Philly. One of the worst games of the season. I've seen Dak Prescott miss too many open receivers by not hitting them in stride. Throwing the ball just a smidge behind. Even if the ball was caught, it couldn't have been a touchdown. But now it's a 35-yard completion because the ball wasn't where it was supposed to be. Dak Prescott, when you start looking closely at his performances, he is not a money quarterback. So is he wilder for not taking the money? Yes. Is he wilder for betting on himself considering the quarterback market? Absolutely not. Secondly, uh, Travis is on that earlier segment talking a set of nonsense. The Cowboys should pay him. Why? Because the injury, when it's all said and done, if you're a sports fan, Robin Ventura, the baseball player, had a similar injury. He came back and and he was a slugging third baseman. Okay, so that means you're standing on your feet a long time. You're doing things on a baseball field that require running, sliding, and, and a lot, a lot of some some athletic movements. When you look at how the quarterback position is protected, he already had the surgery. There's no infection. He's going to be okay. And if anything, he'll learn from this. I bet we'll see Dak slide a lot more going forward. So the Cowboys are going to pay him. Travis, relax.
4: Now, I I do want to add to that, right, because we talk about the injury. The injury is a surgically repairable injury. Has been since mankind, right? They've been doing (laughs) something, right? I honestly think Dak Prescott becomes a better quarterback with this injury. I think he will continue to throw the ball. He's probably already throwing the ball now, right? Yeah. So now you're talking about a guy who will never think, get out of the pocket and run as a first way of operation like he
7: mm-hmm. does.
4: Because to your point, right, the Dak who throws. I don't think there's a quarterback who has missed more open receivers since Dak mm. has been a quarterback in Dallas. Talk about it. I mean, you're talking about guys who have, game tape wise have run freely week after week but he had that tuck it and run syndrome, right? Which we've seen in the past from other quarterbacks. Now I will say this, because you touched on a lot of things and I appreciate that. You touched on the fact that he was not worth what he was asking for. So there's a, I got to respond to this bozo in the comments that I just seen, uh, Paul, Uchisi, who had the biggest flop, who had a bigger flop this year than I'd probably say the electronica album.
0: Than me, he- Than me against Ray.
4: <laughs> <Paul> Am
0: <I laughs> off the hook?
4: <laughs> nah, nah you, was all right. you never had a chance, Carl. <laughs> you did that for ratings, brother. And I appreciate you for that. Right? So Carlson Wentz, if you put Carlson Wentz in a Dallas uniform, they go to the Super Bowl if he's healthy. Right. You also mentioned Jared Goff, who went to the Super Bowl when he's done more on the big stage right. than we've seen Dak Prescott do. Right. So when I look at it, I say Dak Prescott wasn't even worth the 30 million they put on the table. And I also say to myself, right, this is a guy who ended up firing his agent when he signed that franchise tag. I said to myself, well, if he didn't take what they gave him, then who the hell is he waiting for to take a deal? Mm. Because it wasn't Mahomes, because he was never getting Mahomes money. And it wasn't Lamar Jackson, who hasn't been paid yet. And it certainly wasn't Deshaun Watson. So you ask yourself, you have been marketed the right way. This isn't like a guy trying to sell energy to like Pfizer or something, right? This is specifically a guy who has all of the game tip in the world, who has overachieved young in his career and Mm -hmm. is being offered wealth of a lifetime. And that is now in question, unfortunately, because the Jones family has absolutely no reason to pay him. They should, but they don't have to. And depending on how Andy Dalton does, they won't.
9: Well, here's, here's the deal with that. I'm concerned about Dalton doing well. But let, let's let us say Dalton is who we know he is, right? Do you, with the cap shrinking potentially in the off season, do you risk franchising Dak Prescott, a $37 million cap hit? They're gonna have to pay Dak just because they don't want to give him the 37 right now. They can't afford to give him the 37 without giving him a full deal. You know what I'm saying? Like they, To me, paying him makes him cheaper, ironically.
4: Yeah, the first two years, it typically does with the sign of bonus. But, Ray, here's what I'm telling you. If you don't win it all this year, right, which Mm -hmm. they weren't on paper. No, no, that's out. You cutting ties with Dak, if Andy Dalton can get you to nine wins and a division win, then Mm -hmm. Andy Dalton's your man next year as well, right? So is Cam Newton becoming a viable option. And all these other quarterbacks that will hit the market in addition to a quarterback in the draft.
9: Well, here's, here's where they'll probably play that, that, that lovely game of tennis. Considering he's coming off an injury, maybe Dak drops his price. The Cowboys meet Dak halfway. Maybe he doesn't get the 40 ball he, he was looking for. Maybe he stays in that 30 per annum. You know what I'm saying? Maybe now he understands that that 30 a year is better than nothing a year, you know?
4: Or maybe he gets a Drew Brees there. To and
0: hmm. fifty.
4: Yeah. He'll
0: take it. <laughs> All right. Guys, here, as we wrap up, any final thoughts here on the Winner's Circle?
4: I'll let you go first, Rick. Real quick,
9: I just want to talk about the Cleveland Browns. I I noticed that the fans and the media, they spent a lot of time harping about their losses, telling me how how bad Baker Mayfield is, telling me how much of a disappointment they are. But now this team is playing well. They look like a a – I wouldn't say a well-oiled machine, but but – a decently oil machine that might need an oil change at some point, right? They are looking well. Four and one. The run game is strong. The defense is solid. Miles Gavin is having an all pro season as we speak. Baker Mayfield is looking like a good NFL quarterback. I won't say elite or great, but he looks like a good NFL quarterback. He is well beyond serviceable. The The offense has gone back to where it looks like somewhat in his rookie year with the intermediate routes, The considering the O line is not super strong in the pass blocking realm. They're getting the ball out quicker, as opposed to last season, those long routes, long development plays that play to Baker's weaknesses, considering he, what quarterback can succeed when you have long developing pass plays and a poor pass blocking O-line. Show me one, okay? So now you have a, a quick pass offense, quick strike offense, strong run game. The, the Browns look great, and everyone's quiet. I was in a group chat the other day. A guy after week one jumped all over Baker Mayfield, jumped all over me because I'm a Baker Mayfield fan. He's like, what's up? The last four weeks, we can't hear from him. I hit him up. Tag them and all that. No comment. So all I'm trying to say is if you want to jump on Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, Miles Garrett, and the Cleveland Browns, when they lose, because let them lose the Steelers. Everybody's going to pop back out. I need that same energy when they're four and one and looking like a real threat in the NFC North. Excuse me, the AFC North. Have the same energy because to me at this point in 2020, as, as a sports fan, as a content creator, it's real tacky to see sports fans go hiding when they takes their no hit. Y'all are cowards and I'm calling you out.
4: I do want to add to that. I want to say, you know, because we talked about this offline, the Cleveland Browns a year ago was the most talented football team in the NFL. And all they've done was get an actual coach who knows X's and O's who deserves a job in Kevin Stefanski over Freddie Kitchens, right? Which is a joke, right? <laughs> and sense. add more defensive pieces like they get the safety called Joseph out of, uh, out of, out of Vegas for nothing. And I keep saying to myself, This is the NFL's worst nightmare. Do you really want to line up on Sunday and play against Cleveland where they have two number one receivers in Odell and Landry? They had the best coveted free agent tight end in Austin. Hooper. You got two of the best backs in football when Chubb's back with Hunt, who Mm -hmm. actually make them the best tandem in the game. Period. Right? A solid O-line, probably the best front, front seven in the NFL on the defensive end. With a lot of talent in the D backfield. How do you beat that team for 48 minutes of football? I don't see it. So for that reason, and they don't even have fans, right? Because we know the dog pound is just itching. <laughs> dog pound is ruthless, bro. I don't know how you beat that team. So I'm with you on that. But you know, they hate to see it. They hate to see when when the underdogs are starting to actually get things done. The guys why do like, we hate good football
9: team. players? It wasn't like they treated Mayfield like he was Tim Tebow. No, Mayfield definitely. was a good college quarterback. He didn't right. get overrated. He did a little poor Dougie or whatever the dance was. And now they hate Baker Mayfield. Like,
4: oh, Come on, he come on. The cops and him and they hated him. Him. Now, for closing on my end, Carl, I just want to address the Adam Gase low-hanging fruit. Uh. <laughs> it is highly unfortunate that here we are in 2020 with all of the different movements going on, right? The Black Lives Matter and this, that, and the third. It is very unfortunate that we are now seeing again a Caucasian NFL coach, take away and do everything in his power to lower the standards and the expectations of an African-American athlete, right? And I say that because Adam Gates has history in doing this. This isn't a first time. This isn't a last time, right? So he is the worst coach in the NFL. That is clear. Everybody knows it, right? If you had to rank him one through 32, he's not even on the list. You give every enemy a better shot as an assistant than you do him as a head coach. Their their GM is probably equally with him, but he's allowing Adam Gase to make this decision. So I say to myself, what, Jamal Adams was vocal. The black guy was vocal. Let's get rid of him, they got rid of him. Le'Veon Bell liked a couple of tweets on Twitter. The black guy was vocal. All he wants to do is win and get the ball more. We get rid of him. We cut him, we put him on the street. Who cares if we lose $20 million, right? There's families out there that can't eat, but it's dead cap space. Devontae Parker was on his way out of the NFL. We were calling him a first-round bust. Now he's a Pro Bowl wide receiver post-Adam Gase. Mm-hmm. Kenyon Drake was cut from the, from, the, from the Miami Dolphins. He's now a starting running back for a winning Arizona Cardinals team. right? Lamar Miller, after putting up one of the most historic days in sports history, who won me $7,000 in DraftKings was cut. He was traded the very next week from Adam Gase. We've seen what he did with Ryan Tannehill in Miami. At what point just at what point do we say this individual needs to be held accountable? And accountability for me is the man has to go.
9: But the problem with that is, Paul, holding Adam Gates accountable places the egg on the face of the Giants, the Jets brass. I'm thinking about the sorry Giants too, the Jets brass. <laughs> Yet again, these these old money Republican owners who don't like to look bad, don't like to to look like they don't know what they're doing, would rather die on the hill of Adam Gates and Dave Gettleman, I'm going to rope them in there, then they're doing what's right for their franchises. That's all it's about. I can't look bad. I it, it can't be the coach because we hired him. So it has to be the wayward player. It has to be the player who won't fall in line and say, yes, sir, or no, sir. You know what I'm saying? When the reality is that people that make the decisions for these organizations are very sorry. They have a short-sighted worldview. They only see things their way. And they're failing their fan base. They're failing the organization. They're failing, period. That's all it's about, bro. We got to call it what it is.
4: And I think Carl would appreciate this. Yo, from a quote from the good movie, White Man Can't Jump. Would you rather look bad and win (laughs) or look good and lose?
9: (laughs) Clearly, they want to look good and lose, huh?
4: (laughs) I mean, I can't <laughs> imagine a team that wants to rebuild would have 40 year old guys in the starting lineup oh, when they got 20 year olds waiting. <laughs>
0: yeah. Guys, thank you so much here for Hitless Wednesday. We have a route Mount Rushmore to do. I think Ray, you're on that for six o'clock. We're covering a power forward position. So uh we we're going down that line. Uh please make Thanks sure you like, share.
4: On there, bro.
0: Say it again. Make sure Chris Webber makes the list. Ah, oh, it's going to be a goodie. You guys, make sure you like, share, comment, subscribe. I know I'm behind on the Hit List uh, releases, uh, the Mount Rush ones. We, got, we still have the episode one, the center one to release. That one was a little bit spicy, so we're a little bit backdated on it, but they will get released with a lot of content that we have to cover. Uh, you, you guys please make sure you stay safe we got Sunday football coming up and then all, always make sure you tune in on Wednesday's live you don't know what you're gonna get I'm gonna start planning next week's show as when I get off as we speak with my contributors Ray Jarvis I know he dropped his promo it looks fire I can't wait for his show to come back you guys make sure you check out the gray area like share comment subscribe to all content I love you guys and I'll talk to you guys soon yes, sir. all right take care it
6: is the worldwide
0: sports radio
8: network